When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I am with Honky. Greetings, Redcast fans. Uh, I just want to thank all 13,000 of you, give or take a couple of zeros. You truly are the greatest podcast listeners in all of college football, and I say that in a very pandering way. And I'm also with Boomer. I'm becoming convinced that uh, local Nebraska Royals and Cubs fans have made a dark deal with otherworldly nefarious powers, and they've been coming to collect on Husker Sports. Nice. And Mac. And I'm here just to provide some examples of how to gut out a performance as I deal with strep throat through the show, and it's to show how people to finish. Nice. And I'm still trying to scratch my head on how some uh, overweight uh, Juco guy called Jake Adams uh, somehow found his way to Iowa and hit 27 home runs, which is one less than the entire Nebraska baseball roster this 2017 season. Um, All right, guys. Well, uh, it wasn't that long ago that we were uh, talking amongst ourselves and theorizing on how the Huskers could figure out how to win the Corvallis uh, region, but um, let's start this show with another segment of Around the Van Horn, uh, dissecting how the Huskers failed us once again, uh, going 0-2 in uh, our uh, regional out there in Oregon State. Uh, guys, uh, did you watch any of that uh, debacle? Honky? Uh, Uber? I, Mac? Anybody? It's uh, Well, that was one I, way I, not I, to have to play Oregon State. I was at the office yeah. for quite a bit of it, so I'm not sure if anyone here listens, so we'll just say no. No, I was not watching at the office during some of those performances. That's right. Well, you were not streaming that no, on your office computer on the the company website. No. Did not yeah, Mercifully, I was working, but I, I knew it wasn't going well when I popped up on my phone and I saw all the text, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> One of our classic Basically, text threads. No emergency like a... show to talk about championship runs or anything like that. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, it, it was um, uh, very disappointing in many ways, but it just felt like a carbon copy of last year's failure uh, at the Clemson Regional where we went 0-2 and looked uh, non-competitive. I think it was uh, Dirk Chatelain, uh you know, essentially did the totals. We scored two; it was two runs in the last three f- game game ones in our our regional play under Erstad. Twenty seven innings scored twice. Um, our bats just go absolutely silent in uh, postseason play under Erstad. Um, and then to, to to make it even worse, I mean, losing to Yale, who I, I, Boomer, I think you mentioned this. Uh, it was the first victory for Yale over a top 100 RPI team all year long. Is that right? That is correct. I think we'll have that banner up here in the somewhere in uh, Haymarket Park this season. Yes, that's, that's mind-boggling. It's amazing, I mean, isn't it? We're a, 
We were like, I don't know, 44th in the RPI going into that game. Uh, Yale hadn't beat a top 100 all year long, and they absolutely dominated us. Uh, Their pitcher looked like he was a major leaguer against our offensive bats. It was embarrassing. Um, And then to make things worse uh, is, is game two. You lose the first game, and that's bad enough. Uh, but you have an opportunity You bounce back on Saturday versus the four seed, which is probably the worst four seed in the tournament. Holy Cross, Patriot League champion, has a below 500 record there, 23-28 and 28 at that time. And you're like, just go ahead and win that game. You get a chance to um, make up by beating Yale the uh, you know, following day, and then you have at least a, a shot to go and play Oregon State, right? I mean, you're going to finish second in the regional they can't even beat Holy Cross. And until Scott Schreiber hits a solo home run in the eighth, we did not have an extra base hit in the entire regional. Um, again, against below average pitching at that point, that's Holy Cross's second best pitcher, and we just cannot score runs. And it's not the same team that actually looks very competitive against good teams uh, the regular season. They just something happens. Uh, so does anybody know what it is? Bats, Please tell me. Well, the the bats go silent, and we never even get to pitching our ace. That that's an interesting combination right there. But uh, well, I mean, we're saving it for next season. season or ace so. at this point, but that's not really. I mean, here nor there. Well, I mean, okay, we never pitched Hoenzi, and our bats went went dead. I don't know. Right. I guess that doesn't seem like a great combination. But I I don't I don't have anything to explain it. It's we just got really beat badly by Yale and Holy Cross and I don't well, want to talk about it. There has to be something anymore. something underlying all this. Like Dave said, it's not just this year. I mean last year regional we did the same thing. And even if you look at the Big Ten tournaments, how have we done in that in our last few visits? How many oh, yeah, like what, one, one win? I mean it's it's something losing, goes wrong with Husker baseball late season. I'm not sure what it is. Since losing to Indiana in that championship game in the Big Ten where there was twenty thousand people in the crowd at at TD Ameritrade, they have only won one Big Ten game. I mean, that's that's also ridiculous. It, it just, and so, I mean, I guess the, the theory I'd throw out there for you guys to respond to is, I mean, Erstad is known as kind of a tough-as-nails player who is a tough-as-nails coach. He's pretty intense, um, pretty focused, right? Um, he's, he's a scrapper, all those type of things. But, I mean, he is he's not out there having a whole bunch of fun, right? You ever see the guy smile, right? And I, I think your theory could be that, uh, you know, the college kids at some point, um, that wears wears on them a little bit. They seem like they play tight um, when elimination is, is facing them. They don't they don't play loose. They don't like it's hard to win games um, when you're you're just, you know, um, just clenched up and, and worried that you're, you're going to fail for everyone else. And that's how they play. And so I guess my theory is, is Erstad needs to figure out a way to, to have these guys play loose um, because they're sure in the heck uh, not, not playing loose um, in the regionals. I can't rattle off other baseball coaches the way I could basketball or football coaches. I don't know a lot of other college baseball sure. ones. But having said that, I mean, how does Erstad, how does his personality compared to other top ones. I guess I could say Childress and Van Horn since I know them and and mm-hmm. you know from my memories of those two it didn't seem greatly different in terms of the intensity that, yeah, that they brought. I hear you. Um mm-hmm. but I then again like I said I don't know who's you know Yeah, we don't know behind the, the scenes the other guys and stuff, yeah. 
I, it's I mean, my only theory I have. I'm that not, same intensity did well for us, at, you know, to win the the the, the season. I, I and those games aren't necessarily you know uh, elimination ones that were going on in the season. Although, my gosh, there was all kinds of pressure on us at Penn State uh, on that Saturday. You know, if you lose it, you don't win the you don't win the Big Ten uh, conference. Yep championship and and we scored 21 runs or whatever the heck it was and and really destroy them and i realized that's penn state and that wasn't a great team but then again we just came off of losses to yale and holy cross so your guess is as good as mine and you know that's the thing with we did win the big 10 and i mean it's hard to get super down on a team baseball's a weird sport i mean you guys know a lot more about it than i do but at the same time, none of you can really pinpoint exactly what went wrong. Bats go cold. Pitchers go bad. You know, there's some guys that don't match up well with other guys. I, I don't know. I'm not one to lean on the coach and say, well, this is clearly a coaching issue. If he's getting this to this point, I mean, that happens. I mean, I'm not to, not to correlate everything to football, but Osborne struggled in bowl games for years and didn't finish it off. Was he doing something wrong? Did he make a radical change? Or did he just sort of stick with what he was doing until he got the right guys there? I don't know. Um, that's what's frustrating about baseball to me. I'm like, you can't say, well, this was the problem this time, and this was the problem this time. I mean, why does it work during the regular season, not during the postseason? Any thoughts or theories it, on that? I mean, is it tightness? Yeah. Seriously? It, yeah, I'll tell you well, what, Mac, I do it, think that... It didn't take, long, it didn't take long after the, the season was done, you know, on Twitter and following a few people that the, the T word came out and talent immediately and, and that we need to recruit differently or, you know... Dave, Mike, that is such rumors, a cop out answer, kinda, though. People always say that. Well, but, and, and I'm not knowledgeable enough about baseball, the, the the intricacies of it enough. But Boomer and Dave, you guys kind of are. I mean, wh- where were the? It just let's say we didn't finish as poorly as we did. Still, what would have been the deficiencies on this team, like talent wise? Like what? Where are the one or two spots? If you were going to try to get an, an immediate infusion of talent coming into next season, where would that come from? A big fat sure. guy. Uh, from junior college that can mash some home runs. <laughs> well, I mean, 28 home runs. I'm not from junior college, uh, but, is, but I have the fat part. So The, the power, <laughs> the slugging numbers are, are horrible. Um, yeah. And um, that it's, it's tough to always be able to play station-to-station baseball and chip away and, and score runs one at a time with singles all day long when the other team can go up there and, and hit doubles and home runs and drive two or three runs in at a time. It's just harder to do. We had, I think, 12 hits versus Holy Cross yeah. and score four runs. All right. Well, I mean, that it doesn't matter. What did work we do against way. Iowa? That was a classic example of that. How many hits yeah. and guys on base did we have? But they were all singles. We just couldn't get anybody home. And as a result, we lose. Two nothing, a game we could have blown open multiple times. So yeah, and honestly, sh- yeah, you got something to add here? Yeah, are we, we are we maybe missing one of the obvious things that uh, no Big Ten team won a regional, <laughs> and maybe the Big Ten is slightly overrated. Everyone got is anyone their actually, expectations up. Is anyone overrating the Big Ten? I don't think anyone's overrating it. I mean, yeah, they would have only gotten the four in if it wasn't for Iowa stealing that bid. I mean, even, that, I'm sure they got in three. Sure, I mean, we're so we're talking there's between three or four, um, uh, you know, uh, teams earning earning their way into the tournament. Sure, I mean, from an RPI standpoint, all the numbers would say that that they deserve to be in. Um, but yeah, I, I think you could say that they they were potentially over overrated. Um, Although the sad so part is Iowa just won a game in a regional. They did. What's that? Iowa won a game in a regional. That's more than we can say as far as that goes. So, yep, they yeah. beat Houston. 
mm-hmm. which ultimately A and M won won that regional, which is of course with Childress and Will Bolt and uh, Justin Seeley. So, um, yeah, I mean the only thing I could point to besides lack of power, Honky's question of of talent infusion. Um, you know, I, I think our team was talented enough this year to, to do exactly what they did, which was, uh, win the big 10 and, and make a regional. There was no one predicting us to, to win the regional, or even if we were in a different regional at not against Oregon state, we wouldn't have been, you know, a, a, a team that was saying, oh, that's a, it's a hot team to, to take. Um, I think we're going to have uh, a few guys, uh, drafted. Likely, uh, uh, Luis Alvarado is going to get picked, and he, he's probably going to go. He's got, and actually as a pitcher, most likely. I know he's only uh, been a closer for us here for this year, but he's got some pretty good stuff on his, his fastball, and uh, that's hard to find. So I think that's where he's going to go. We might lose Schreiber, uh, maybe Jake Myers, but those are kind of iffy, I think. Um, and that's that's probably about it. Um I think if you're saying, if you're comparing Nebraska to top-line college programs, um, you have guys out there at, at Vanderbilt or at Clemson or whatever that are, are guys that are going to get drafted in the first round. And someone like Kyle Schorber a few years ago to Indiana uh, could make an immediate impact in the major leagues. We, we don't have anybody like that and haven't had anybody like that um, for a long time. If you go back to a team that was – competing for the college world series in 05 we guys had we had Jabba chamberlain brian dunzing alex gordon all these guys all made the majors and were, were big time talent a lot of those guys were local even so i'm not even saying we have to go and, and go get the best recruit from across the country maybe it's identifying guys locally even better than we have van horn did a great job i uh, identifying guys like adam stern out of canada or uh Kumanai out of, of Hawaii that no one else is willing to take and, and and got great play out of those guys. And they was, those guys also made the majors. So I think more it's about talent evaluation and um, that, than just, you know, getting the highest guy off somebody's board, I guess. That'd be my take. Uh, baseball's just making me sad. Can we talk about, like, Husker basketball or, or, or football? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, why don't we uh, wrap this up? I think this is enough baseball uh, for Husker fans this year. The Super Regionals do start this weekend, um, and a whole bunch of the national seeds lost. So it wasn't just like Nebraska. The story is, is other schools that are we're losing. No one really cares about us. And now it's Scarlet Colored Glasses. Ready to put on our Scarlet Colored Glasses. Talking all things Husker program, uh, not just football this time, but also baseball, basketball, and probably throw in a few others like women's bowling and, and, and volleyball. Uh, our social media director, uh, Honky, uh, had a uh, Twitter Twitter poll out just yesterday, I believe, asking our listeners what was the most disappointing season end, uh, football, basketball, or baseball. Honka, uh, what's uh, results looking like so far? Uh, so far, we have uh, 30% for baseball, 30% for basketball, and 40% for football. Uh, that was just out yesterday, so we've got another six days for this to run. So, All right. Redcast fans, get out there and get out there and vote. 
So, uh, well, let's let's get our own takes, I guess, on that. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll start with Mac. Uh, you're you're the foot you know football Correct. primary guy here, so maybe football's your obvious answer. But um, you're probably disappointed in all three. No, seasons not really. In some way, just but, football. Um, <laughs> I really wasn't. I had no expectation for the basketball team. I never do. Until they get better, I never will. Um, <laughs> yeah, the baseball maybe team, we shouldn't really, I right? feel like this year was a success. I could care less how the regional won. I never thought we'd win the College World Series, so no disappointment there. We won the Big Ten. I'm happy about that. It is just football for me. That one was disappointing. Um, basketball, I would love to be disappointed in, you know, but we'd have to be good first. So when that happens, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be great. But, True. um, so, I mean, maybe the question isn't quite right, um, although I think it's fair to say because each each uh, season ended on a low note, right? Baseball did um, lose their last four games um, after winning the Big Ten Championship. So that, that was an accomplishment, and uh, you're right, but still still finished on a sour note. Basketball lost 13 of their last 16, I believe, um, which in any regard is, is a horrible way to finish a season. Um, football lost for their last six, um, but the expectations were, were higher. It's maybe more about the status of the program at this time. Uh, Boomer, um, your take? Oh, God, there's so much disappointment to go around this season. It's hard to know what to pick. It's like uh, choosing which cancer you like best. Um, <laughs> breast cancer for, I'm a breast cancer guy. Sounds like you have a... I'd... Boomer, it's Boomer. I think you have a, a theory on this, on like you know that we have some sort of curse on the entire program or well, the entire athletic. If anyone else right? can find a better explanation, I have no idea. I mean, you've even got the our real power program, women's bowling, going out and losing to what was it like McKenna, which, as far <laughs> as I know, is like a suburb of East St. Louis, which tells you the quality that, of, you know that it, that's in. They are uh, a power of bowling, though, Mike. I think they just started being yes. a school like a year ago or something like that. So it's it's just almost unbelievable how they've been managing to kind of tease us a lot of the season, and then I mean they're they're the ultimate Lucy with footballs. The Nebraska sports has been lately just pulling it out for, pulling it away from us. As far as you know, the poll goes, I suppose the biggest disappointments. You know, basketball is just like McGuire said. I don't really have any expectations of them, uh, and they managed to live up to that lack of expectations this year. I, I think baseball's probably the most disappointing. We did have some success. It just and who we lost to at the end of the season is probably the most disappointing part of it. I didn't ex- really expect us to get by Oregon State, but losing to Yale and Holy Cross that's just awful. And then a loss to Iowa in the in the Big Ten tournament. That's just some uh, just some crap flavored icing on the cake. I think of uh, a disappointing end of <laughs> that season. To your point, so. Mike, that's true because yeah, you think baseball about... did have the most potential to do something in the postseason. I guess out of that. So in that in right. that light, then certainly yeah. baseball was disappointing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, in the nineties not only were a great era for Husker football, but I mean we were very competitive on a lot of sports. I mean, how many NCAA tournaments did we go to? Um, it was the beginning of, of baseball. I mean, if we're expanding this, volleyball wins a national championship and, and rises to elite status. Um, it, it's crazy. Honky, uh, what are you thinking about? Well, I'm, I'm frustrated that Mac is considered the football guy of this podcast. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm saying that you're more of a renaissance man for Husker <laughs> sports and that you can put a cap on for so many different things. Well, you know? sure, yeah. Or, I, you know, the thing that frustrates me about the last season is that each one of those teams, baseball, basketball, and football, they all teased us for a moment at different times. I mean, in ba- 
in baseball, obviously you win the conference and you're playing really well, and then you you have back to back huge run games against Penn State and Purdue, and boy, you think you're you're on a roll going into the postseason, and then it just you know like a thud turns down turns the other way. Basketball to start off three and one in conference and really seem to have some momentum going, and we beat Iowa in that double overtime game and five-star Isaac Copeland from Georgetown, you know, commits the next day. Thank God we won that game against Iowa if we lost it. <laughs> Who knows where he'd have gone. But, but uh, you know, we had a lot of momentum going there. And then football to start off 7-0. and And I think a lot of people when we were 7-0 and in the football season, we looked at it and said, well, we realize that the hard part of the season's coming up. Or we realize that, that some of the teams that we've beaten so far, like Oregon, maybe didn't quite match up to what we thought preseason they were going to be. But at the same time, I'll even say I was more excited when we were seven and one than when we were seven and zero because I thought what we saw against Wisconsin was a really good sign. And then Dave and I, I guess I'm always going to blame it on you, Dave, because every game that yeah, you I'll go to, <laughs> Dave, when's the last away game you you've been to that we've won? 1995. Oh my gosh! And so here's the thing: I've been to some rough. You know, well, all of us have been to some rough ones. We've gone to Oklahoma in 08 and Kansas in 07 and Wisconsin and, you know, some bad ones, right? But I've also, I've sprinkled in a couple wins. Michigan a few years ago, Mike and, or Boomer and I went to, to A&M in 2006. Poor Dave has gone to all the losses we've gone to, but he's also been to UCLA out in the, you know, in the Rose Bowl. And, he went, and then he went correct. to Minnesota a few years back uh, up at Minnesota. And he goes, I'm going there just be it's a lock. We're going to win. I'm just going to go and watch a, you know, get one win under our belt. And yeah, holy smokes, man. That's why we're going to Purdue this year, folks. <laughs> well, there's no way we can lose to Purdue. So you can't yeah, lose in West impossible. for a second straight time, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe when I won't be allowed in the stadium. Year. I may just not go in the stadium. Well, Mike, you were tailgate. asking about the curse. I think we just identified it. <laughs> yeah, I, he's on the show. It's like uh, you might be right. Well, that's just for football, though, right? I was at No Sit Sunday for. Well, have basketball. you been to some away games for basketball? Uh, have we tested know? the theory? Away games in basketball? That's a good question. No, I have been to. Uh, uh, you and I went to Allen. baseball, <laughs> and I did see lo- a loss. I did not see a win there. You and I, and I did see Dave. a loss at A and M as well. Mm. And in ba- so I think I've seen three Husker losses it's, on this the road. This hypothesis is taking shape. So. Dave, yeah. you and I went to the yeah. Allen Fieldhouse for uh, uh, Barry Collier's that was a loss. first year. It's true, which that's it's Barry Collier, so that says a lot right there. <laughs> and it was KU at Allen Fieldhouse. I don't think I can be blamed for that one. No. <laughs> you know, speaking of Barry Collier, I mean maybe. Let's focus just a little bit on basketball here. Um, news came out that Thad Mata uh, just fired from Ohio State um, this week. Uh, Thad was actually Barry Collier's assistant at Butler before uh, Barry got hired at Nebraska. Thad takes over, um, then moves on to to Ohio State. I think it's reasonable to think that Barry Collier actually has surrounded himself with really good assistants because he was not a good coach here, and Thad Mata actually was. But um, I, I'm thinking that uh, I, I, even uh, with our the, the low expectations of Husker basketball, that I think no matter whatever health condition Thad Mata has, he'd be okay in Lincoln. What do you think, guys? Do we? Did they say exactly why he's no longer there? Is it really a health condition or? Well, it was the recruiting and the lack of performance on the court the last two years. But the recruiting, I guess, his health is being used against him in the recruiting battles for some of these top 
top stars. And uh, he, he apparently has what's called drop foot. Anybody look that up? I have no idea what that means. But apparently he, he that sounds terrible. Sounds like <laughs> a great band, band, though. Dropfoot Murphy. <laughs> Dropfoot Band. Live. Can't wait to see them this summer. Yeah, I, I saw Dropfoot open for Ned's Atomic Dust Band back in 97. So, yeah. yeah. I don't, Skip, m- maybe you can double-check me here, but I think, if I heard it right, that that um, Mata had won at least 20 games in every single season other than this last year. I mean, I mean, he built the expectations at Ohio State that just got him essentially fired or, or whatever just happened to him here in June, which is just bizarre. But yeah. if, if it can happen this late, then there's always hope for us. So <laughs> Yeah. Let's just go ahead and fire Miles right now. I'll hire Thad Mata. I think Actually, he's a great coach. There's, there's that is article. correct. He, he won twenty over 20 games a year Man, except last year. That's a quick year. trigger. So there is an article. Thank you, Skip. There, there was an article today that uh, – you know, I joke about Miles there a little bit. And, again, I, I like Miles. This is kind of goes back to some of my Riley conversations where I can get frustrated about something, but who doesn't like the guy? I mean, Miles is he's a likable enough dude and everything. And, and today there's an article about how all 11, if, if there is a silver lining or a good moment, all 11 guys that are supposed to be on our team next year are on campus. They all made grades. They're all accepted. There's no crazy Robert Salee NCA weird last-second this guy all can't All 11 play. that are supposed to be on the team. So I, all, I like how you phrased All that. 11 that are supposed to be on the team are actually here, and they're going to, you know, they, it looks like they're going to play. Now, we the one caveat to that, we don't know about Isaac Copeland's waiver yet for the first semester. So there's a potential that Copeland, the five-star Georgetown transfer, doesn't get to play until, you know, uh, January 1st, basically. Meaning second that, semester. Yeah, second semester, meaning that he would skip, I think, our first one or two conference games even, but more importantly, Kansas and St. John's and Creighton. And we've got a nice little non-conference schedule starting to get built up yeah, here. Yeah, that's true. Um, have the, so uh, I'm sure we'll do fine no matter challenge. what. I mean, you know. Oh, sure. Uh, it's interesting, uh, just on a side note, that they, they had the, the Big Ten tournament in Madison Square Garden uh, next year and accommodate that. Uh, because the Big East tournament is also there, they're playing the the Big Ten tournament a week early, so they'll crown the automatic bid champion the Sunday before Selection Sunday. So to fit that all in, we're playing Big Ten regular season games in December, even earlier than we usually do, and so just an accelerated season this year for basketball. I, I, it's weird. Well, that gives Husker fans just that much more time to decide if they want to get tickets for the NCAA tournament. So that's that's the good news. Out of Travel that. arrangements, everything. Yeah, it's a good I mean, point. It's huh? really important. Yeah. And it, it's yeah, finally like time for us to give back to Rutgers bringing that New York market into the Big Ten. So it's a good thing we're doing that. So. Yeah, that's a good point. It's in their backyard. It's yeah. Rutgers' neighborhood. They're probably going to win the, win the tournament, obviously, because that place is going to be packed with Scarlet Knight fans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure, it will. sure. That and Eddie Jordan's a great coach. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know if we've got a resolution on this one. I, I, I'm really torn on which, which disappointing season was the worst for me. Uh, probably baseball or or football because uh, going four and six in the nature we did was pretty disappointing. I, I will, um, any last thoughts on this? Guys? Well, I'll say this, Husker fans, because we're going to be on a little hiatus for a couple of weeks after this, anyways, just for you guys to to know that. Uh, June seems to be a good time to take a little time off. But in the meantime, and since I am our social media director, tweet us, email us at, at gobigredcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. I mean, what disappointed you? What, 
you know, what were the things that, uh, what, what things excited you? I mean, you know, let us, let us know and, and we'll kind of keep the conversation going online with you. Uh, even when the, the shows dry up here for a couple of weeks. Honky's always looking out for our, um, our sponsorship, you know? So thanks, thanks for turning the corner and making this uh, a little brighter of a show, Honk. Yeah. Well, I do what I can. All right. Next on the Go Big Redcast, we are going to finish up uh, our Stuart Mandel Kings, Knights, Barons, Peasants. It feels like we've visited this multiple times because in between part one and part two, uh, Stuart was kind enough to actually release his 2017 numbers. But we did promise you part two um, when we did part one. And this is a podcast that keeps its promises. It um, opposed to. Uh, coaching staffs that that honky likes to bring up who can fail to to uh, deliver on promises, right, honk? Top three running is that what you're talking about? Or, or, or maybe, what? maybe. I thought we were talking maybe. about naked eyes. Look, promises. <laughs> in, in our defense, we didn't complete the last. Well, we actually did complete. We the, did uh, the knights and the peasants in the last show, but we were. We were inebriated enough that it was such a horrible hour of podcast that it has been burned from existence as far as uh, Skip told us. Let's just say the audio quality wasn't up to our standards and we wanted to deliver a high-quality show to our listeners, right? I mean... It wasn't up to, uh, like, three-year-old standards. I mean, it was... This was... (laughs) That was not good podcast, so... Well, let's let's do a better job uh, this time around, um, and and we probably won't need to take uh, an hour-plus on what we did with uh, Nebraska situation with Kings and Barons. So uh, I pulled up uh, Stewart's uh, 2017 list, which will start on Knights and then go to Peasants. So this is the, the bottom half of the Power Five. And um, I'll go ahead and just run through these. Uh, I'll, I'll do it one at a time. Just stop me um, and, and say you want to have a discussion on any of these. And we'll go from there. Sound good, guys? That works. Awesome. All right, so we're going to start with Knights. These are alphabetic order. This is the 2017 list, uh, starting with Arizona State as a Knight. Sun Devil program under Todd Graham. Then we go to Arkansas with our good friend Brett Bolima. And then we have Baylor, which uh, is an addition to the Knights. Uh, category. I think we uh, could probably put a check mark to come back to them. Yeah, I'm just guessing. Maybe an asterisk is probably, yeah, yeah, to be determined here. Yeah. yeah. That, that's fair enough. Uh, Baylor has a few things going on there. And they got a few, yeah, a few things not going on there so well. So, yeah. I see it's, where uh, Stewart is at, at at this point, but in five years, they, they could easily be right back um, if, if certain things happen or they. they completely uh, change their, their priorities on campus and actually well, uh, care because about Baylor over a team that just got added to it. They weren't on the Knights yeah. five years yeah. ago. So he's right. he's added them into this list. So at the very least, that's... Which yeah, minus the really awesome stuff makes sense. On the plus side, it's usually those small Texas uh, Christian schools really do have their priorities straight when it comes to football. So we should be fine. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Historically speaking, that is very true, Mike. Exactly. Hmm. Good point. You can't give a death penalty to a small Christian uh, no, uh, Texas no. school. So, Well, um, let, let's, speaking of religious schools, another knight, uh, and also a national championship holder, uh, BYU. Brigham Young is a knight. Uh, and that's status quo for Stewart. Uh, we have uh, Cal. 
We have Colorado, another national championship holder. Uh, Georgia Tech, uh, also a title holder from the early 90s. Illinois. Uh, Asterisk. Actually gives me some pause. Asterisk. Yeah, asterisk on Illinois. That's getting generous, I think. Yeah. The night uh, Illinois? Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking and, about football? And if for no other, no other reason, I'm going to put an asterisk next to them because of the next team on the list, Dave, who is? Iowa. Okay. He puts Iowa and Illinois in a similar category. Yeah, I don't have any question yeah. of Iowa being there. I, but when you put Iowa and yeah. Illinois next to each other, yeah, Illinois Iowa to me, place. that's fine. They really do, yeah. especially in the slot of, in the the teams that you Agreed. just had them listed next to. Georgia Tech, like I said, national title winner, and you know at least fairly competitive most seasons. They're usually that seven, eight, nine win team. They beat Georgia several times. You know, recently. CC, What's the last time Illinois game, threatened to do anything in particular? I mean, well, they went to the Rose Bowl at nine and three under Zook. Is that right? Probably, Returner. yeah. Best we can figure. And that was a default because um, probably Ohio State won the title game or something like that. I'm yeah. all for college I'm football history, time. but when Red Grange and Dick Buckus are your best redeeming qualities, I that's a little <laughs> Jeff George. Jeff George. That's a Similar little. I mean, to some degree, Illinois is similar to Minnesota in the sense that I mean, they gave up on their program from a fan base standpoint a long time ago and it's, it's never come back so yeah I, I would probably uh demote illinois as well um all right so iowa everybody feels good on that one yeah, yeah. uh another uh border uh state school kansas state is next i don't have any problem yeah they're, they're not allowed to transfer levels at all so that's you know that's right oh <laughs> it's good good boomer Very nice, nice work uh Nice little jab at Bill Snyder. Uh, Louisville is a is a addition. new is a new one to this list, right? Yes, they just moved correct. up. Correct. Yep. I have no issues with that. No, that seems very valid. Brand new Heisman Trophy Fair. winner. Um, Good stability at coach. Yeah. I'm sure Petrino would never leave. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a lifer there. Uh, how about Maryland? As a knight. I don't know what the hell they're doing on that list. The glory years of Ralph Friedgen are far behind them now. I don't know. I assume that's because of the Under Armour contribution to the sport. What else could that be? I have no I'll idea. be honest with you. If, if some of these schools are, are knights, Nebraska will never drop from the Baron. I mean, with that, that's the bottom at this point, right? I mean, there's no way that you, you could ever go below some of these schools. I mean, this is... How is Maryland and Illinois from our conference on that. no no that yeah they I have maryland, no idea maryland does not need to be on that yeah uh missouri <laughs> no well they would... had silence <laughs> stretches of success i mean they were towards the end of when we were in the big 12 they were actually a fairly competitive school Looking good, and even they the first couple two seasons, SEC championships. Yeah, games, in the right? first couple of years in the SEC, they were actually winning the East. I mean, granted, that was by default. Somebody had to win was. that crap fest of a division then. Yeah, but they were winning it. Uh, they, recently, they they've kind of Indi- taken huge steps back. Yeah, they lost to Indiana one year and turned around and won the East in the same season. You know, so right. I mean, yeah. if that, that's right. If that explains how bad they were and how bad the East was, and then yeah. Alabama odd, odd coaching higher there. I believe Alabama uh, proved it right. to them in the in the. So Missouri's Missouri's okay at night though. We're good. Close enough. How about sure. North Carolina, Tar Heels? 
Yeah, it's gonna be trending upwards. This is a a, a, a on, new addition. Sense. So we had Carolina and Louisville both as peasants in 2012. I I, I would I guess with Mac Brown, what he what he'd done there for a good ten or so years, and you know the last I don't know North Carolina's a they're a knight, I guess. I don't think of them as a peasant. I don't think of them as the very bottom level of what the ACC schools are, like like Duke. They're Illinois worthy, I would say. For sure. Yeah, that's fair. They've had some really good players too. Yeah, yeah, they have better players and talent and actual performance on the field. Peppers and LT and. Yep, that's right. I'm sure there's Dre Bly. Dre Bly. How about (laughs) NC State? Night. NC State's a weird program. I mean, they've had some, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the best players, the Russell Wilsons and the the Philip Rivers, and I mean, they've had some. Tory Holt didn't he come out of there? I mean, they, Tory Holt went there. I mean, they've yeah. had some yeah. really yeah. good players come through there, but they never amount to. The, they've had good Wasn't pro that guys come out, but they haven't amounted to, to that, that same quality. Like, have they ever won a division? Or have they come close to winning a division? No, I don't think so. Uh, they've definitely never played they did the on, uh, title. They did on PlayStation with me. Oh, <laughs> the I remember that year. Yeah, that's a nice stadium. That's the most we've talked about <laughs> NC State on this. So they almost beat, uh, or they should have beat Clemson last year. Oh yeah, Correct. that's right. And then yeah. one of our games um, got delayed because of that. Well, it's, uh, that's a trend to, I'd like to see to the, stop. Delayed back games. to the Big Ten. Back to the Big Ten um, with a new entry to the Knights, Northwestern. Stuart Mandel's alma mater. Yeah. Northwestern. So no he, bias there. And why not? You know, Pat Fitzgerald has less than a I mean, 500 record as a as a coach, so that would only make sense. Skip, right, can you fact check right. that? But again if you're me, putting please? Maryland and Illinois in this list, you're you're putting Northwestern. They're well, far more better sure. than those two programs. Colorado's on decade, there, at least. and before they salvaged something last year, they yeah. were five and thirty-three in the Pac-12. Since 2012, <laughs> is like before last year. Anybody could be a night. So even counting last year's, they were 13 and 34 in the Pac-12 since Stuart Mandel last did this. So You're a slightly it's be competent so hard program. To drop. <laughs> if you had any inkling of success in the last 20 years, so just a pulse, basically. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Oklahoma State is follows Northwestern. I, you know, I, sure. If it's no, the last no twenty. There. If it's the last ten years. I mean, Oklahoma State, they'd they'd probably be every bit as much of a barren as some teams are. To be honest with you. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, in Stewart's mind, um, what company you keep um, to some degree has an impact on where you land on this. He in Nebraska's write up, he referenced because Ohio State and Michigan are are the dominant schools in the in the conference and we're more like michigan state i mean they, he lowered us whereas i mean it feels like oklahoma state its last 10 years gets discredited a bit because it's not oklahoma right yeah. i mean you mean that michigan yeah, state fair. team yeah. that michigan state team that's beat michigan seven of nine times yeah yeah exactly yeah that uh, uh yeah. all right um moving down the list Ole miss yeah Mm-hmm. I would prefer they not be there. I mean, it seems like any success they've yeah, had but is they got had those dollar bills falling out of their pants to, to to get whatever success yeah. they've had. So, but whatever. Hey, they care about that program and they pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been up and down. Yeah, they got a Steve Peterson connection, so they can just fall off the face of the earth. That's fine for me. 
And I know, yeah. Dave, that we're not talking about the teams that he's dropped, but but we skipped I'll, over I'll do between that Ole end. Miss and Pittsburgh. I'll, I'll was, do that in the end. Oh, okay, because I was going to say we just skipped over Oregon State, which you know has a has a. I mean, they're no longer on that list. They they dropped, but yeah, Pitt. I think Pitt's right there. Yep. All right, Syracuse. Is there a is there a program you care about less than Syracuse? Like, or think about less there. I mean, I, at least they have some sort of heritage there with uh, sure. Jim Brown, Ernie Davis. Yeah. Um, Ernie Davis, you know, I mean, they want yeah, to have some kind of history there. They Marvin were Harrison, the wasn't he a Syracuse guy? Beast of the East, essentially. Yep, that's right. Yep. Um, so I don't have an issue with Syracuse there at all. I might care less about Pittsburgh if uh, that's your question, Honky. Um, oh, well, that's true. How about South Carolina? I'm frustrated that alphabetically he has South Carolina after Syracuse. Hmm. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. You might want to email him on that one. What what are they teaching Northwestern these days? I mean, my goodness. (laughs) Put us in the bottom of the Big Ten academic rankings, will they? This is an interesting one. Um, TCU, um, which has had an amazing run under Gary Patterson. uh, A little bit down the last couple years, but... um, yeah, still well, tonight. they've upgraded their program. You know, they were invited to the Big 12. They've taken steps where some of their schools can't come close to mm-hmm. winning the conference. Expanded their stadium recently, didn't they too, Dave, I believe? Yeah, major. So, uh, or at least updated stadium. it, I believe. Complete so. rebuild. Updated, yeah, it's very nice. Complete rebuild so. of the west side of Amon. Is it Amon Carter? Amon G. G. Carter, Carter Field, I believe. Yeah, yes. Stadium. Mm-hmm. So that, that's probably where they need to be. If, if Baylor's going to be in there, so should For TCU. Sure. Why not? Oh, yeah. Texas, Texas Tech, Red Raiders. Yeah, that's where they need to be too. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, there's just Utah, Utah. They're they're similar to TCU in my mind. They're that smaller programs taking those steps. I mean, heck, they beat Alabama at some point in the past. West Virginia, West Virginia. Um. So they just dropped because they were one that in his 2012 list had had gone up to to the the right. Knights and now they've dropped they've dropped down here down yeah so I mean that's interesting and the other ones we've noted that uh, are new entries to the Knights or moving up this is the first one that's a drop mm-hmm. yeah there's only one Baron that we that was lost and it was West Virginia and that's so, interesting so West Virginia oh. Pat Fitzgerald does have a uh, 77 and 62 head coaching record, so I was wrong there. But he has a sub 500 Big Ten record, 41 and 48. So that was my. That's what I. So, so. Honky's no, fact checking himself now. So no, Boomer skip, doesn't do skip it his fact checking us, and and he's sending it to us via Google Hangouts, oh, nice. which is how we were doing this. Mm. And uh, that's why Skip gets paid the big bucks on this podcast. That's right. He's 19 and 21 the last five years in the Big Ten. All right. All right. Um, Uh, Let's finish this up with uh, the Who's of Virginia. Yeah. That's very generous. There's a program in that ranking. I have no idea. Virginia could be a peasant. I mean, that's. I mean, yeah. Tiki Barber and then what? They haven't done anything in forever, and they should be better. Yeah, whatever. Who was it? Thomas Jones? Yeah. Was that Horrible. the running back that we liked, Matt? Thomas Jones, yeah. <laughs> There's some talent there. They just do nothing. Matt Schaub. <laughs> Matt Schaub. I mean, they were the first team in the ACC, players, I think, to beat Florida State back in the 90s when Florida State had that. That was a cool game. They were. 
That was a that Thursday night game. Yeah, Thursday yeah, night. That was a Thursday night. Cool, cool, I remember cool. watching that in the dorms. That was Warwick's yeah. on at the goal line. That was oh, a great yeah. game. And isn't yeah. that where uh, isn't Bronco Mendenhall coaching there now? Isn't that where he ended up? Yes, Virginia. That's yeah. correct. That's correct. So. I I'll guess be they, really can, interesting. they can still draw that for reasons I don't entirely understand, but yeah, they're, they're, that's a generous ranking if you're going to still put them there, I think. So Yeah. Hmm. And then he has Washington. That's a little low. List. That's an interesting one. I mean, because they've been all over, they've been all over his three lists, I think. they've. Kinda... Yeah, I think he was higher. They were clearly a Baron at least in 12, I think, and he's yeah, kept it as a Knight. Yeah, I mean they've just they've had a really yeah. weird past decade. I mean, when you think about okay, think about that with Nebraska right now. In eight of the last nine years, we've won at least nine games. We're so used to going nine and four, or ten and four. It's you know we're just numb to it. But yet you can look at a, a program like Washington that has literally gone from going to the the playoff a year ago, and within the last ten years they've had a winless season. You know when you think of the yeah. absolute ups and downs, and I think you're seeing that there are certain schools like Michigan have gone through some of those ups and downs. Notre Dame has had the Played in a title game and has had you know three and nine seasons, but um, Washington, it's hard to, to judge where they are right now because right now at this very moment, things are looking up and things are looking good. But they've had some really bad years there, you know, previously too. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's that probably justifies them just being a knight, not a baron. Uh, let's run through the the schools that uh, Stewart knocked off the knights list. Uh, starting with Boise State, um, and I think this is not I really think, on performance. It's about their status um, in in college football at this point. Because his list now is only Power Five schools, right? I mean, that's why uh-huh. they Correct. didn't drop down yeah. to Peasants. They just dropped off the list. And dropped, Boomer, yeah. you've always kind of had a special place in your heart for Boise, it seems. So, I mean, I yeah, I, I always kind of have that thing for the underdogs in sports, and yeah. I, I guess this speaks more probably to the just the nature of college football these days than to anything these programs have done. It just makes it so difficult for them to make any movements like this, whether it's Boise State or Houston this past year, how much the Big 12 yeah. kind of teased them. And let's yeah. be honest, it almost they, seems like they kind of strung them along just to see, hey, maybe we'll take you, but no, we, we won't at the end. It's unfortunate, I think. It's it's just kind of the oddity of college football. It seems to be the one sport where people, in general, seem to hate the underdogs. We love them in the NCAA tournament. We look forward to them in the regionals. Then you get the upstarts trying to sniff it, the playoffs or the BCS or whatever it was, and people seem to go out of their way to, to prevent that from happening. It's just kind of one of those oddities of the sport. Well, you know, yeah. geographically, yeah. it only makes sense that Boise should join the, the Pac-10 or then eventually right. the Pac-12. They sh- only should have, but... There's a thousand reasons why people come up with why the Pac-12 would never dare invite them. So ge- geographically speaking, you know, the next thing that makes sense is that they joined the Big East back when the Big East was still one of the Power Six conferences because, you know, Boise and the Big East exactly. make as much sense as the Big Ten but having 12 Eastern teams. Eastern Idaho. Big, yeah, the Big 12 had 10 teams and the Big Ten had 12 teams for a while there. I mean, nothing made sense. But but Boise, it's, a, it's kind of a shame because I look at – there's a lot of similarities between them and TCU where they – they kept doing things at a lower level and kept adding on and kept you know making improvements and 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 facility improvements and everything and it really it finally paid off for TCU and Boise just never got that welcome to anybody. I think yeah. uh, one of the big reasons there is uh, they're actually not even ranked in the U.S. News and World Reports top two hundred and fifty. 
they're essentially still um, a junior college. Yeah, right? so I, mean, that's what, uh, I think that, a lot that, of conferences look at what is your academic standing as an institution, are you a research institution, and all these other things, what's your endowment, and uh, they're just not going to get a nod from the par with like <laughs> Cal State Dominguez Hills or something. A I mean, conference that, that low, has right? the I mean, likes of awful. Cal Berkeley and Stanford yeah, aren't there's, gonna there's welcome no way Boise State well. in. Yeah, yeah. just curious though. Skip, TCU. Oh, go ahead, that, that's one ranking I'm, I'm not up to speed on. Is is you know the academic qualities of some of the Power Five schools, but specifically, I guess to the Pac-12, where does Oregon State and Washington State land on those rankings? Or you know who are the lowest ranked? Uh, power five schools academically. You know, is it Texas Tech or Oklahoma State or you know who? Yeah, just I mean, yeah, Texas yeah. Skip skip me. the Big Ten rankings when you're looking into that. By the way, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, skip. So it's the tier. There's like tier three schools, like Texas Tech and Oklahoma State are on that tier three um, level, and I I, I think you're. But even right. the worst um, P five school is a hundred spots better than Boise than State. Boise. Yeah. Is basically what the rankings stop at, like school two fifty or two eighty something, and then they just give a bunch of NRs not ranked, and Boise State's in that. So I mean, that's but they they have blue turf, Skip. (laughs) 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 That pigeons plunge to their death on. That's right. (laughs) They could be doing research on this right (laughs) now. Yeah, they just don't have the. It's a story they do every year. Their blue turf is killing birds because (laughs) they think it's a lake, and they plummet down from the sky onto the field. The amount of pigeon, the amount of pigeon research they could be doing there. I mean, should at least get them in the top two fifty. They should be recording these pigeon dives, and we can at least be. Yeah, if we can watch their descent, we could watch pigeon diving. Like, have we broken down Boise State's reason why they're not in a Power Five? (laughs) (laughs) Their their lack of pigeon research. (laughs) This show's taken a dark turn today, hasn't it? That was a more complicated. uh, (laughs) We've talked about cancer in this. We've talked about a lot of things. This is what happens when we go down Stuart Mendel's list. Let's let's go to another school (laughs) that has lost its nice status, but it's not because of their academic um, failures, and that is Boston College. A fine school in in the Boston metro area. I mean, they've pretty much evaporated as far as a football team that's ever on the horizon for anything. I, that's fair. I, hanging on Doug Flutie, I guess, is about the only thing that they had going for him for a while. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Matt Ryan's pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, they, they they really have underperformed on the field, though, and the ACC's been disastrous for them. I mean, yeah. it just that's been a bad fit yeah um hockey mentioned this earlier i'll bring it back oregon state has fallen from a a knight down to a peasant that's fair and a lot of that's probably due to their uh, neighbor oregon having so much success they're just completely overshadowed in their state who thinks oregon that oklahoma state, state yeah. oklahoma yeah, they also concept, lost yeah. a great head coach and they did i think that uh it's gonna be hard for them to come back. i actually think it had more to do with their Ooh, special teams quick. coordinator leaving <laughs> on this on the spot uh, poll, Mike Riley still at Oregon State. Are they still a knight? Honky, you start. Sorry, I oh, say no. Max says no. Honky, I'll say yes because just because I don't know. I'll go yes. I think Mandel kind of values consistency in in a program, and they'd probably still have that 
I guess I haven't looked at their record since Riley left, but you know the crazy thing and is they, they, they just gone two and ten the last right. two years. The second that Riley left, then like the next week they announced like a forty million dollar, you know, addition and and renovation to Reeser Stadium out there. So I mean, you know, really since the last poll that he did, I mean they've got they have financial means now getting pumped into the to the program. No. All right, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. I'd say still they'd still be there, um, and finally uh, Purdue, Purdue has been dropped off the Knights list. Can I say they never should have been on the Knights list to begin with? Is there something below peasants? No, I'm sorry, that's for, that's reserved for Rutgers. But it's a remnant of the Joe Tiller era, and I, I think Stewart has corrected his mistake from 2012. My understanding, and I'm I'm hoping for the fact that we're going to the Purdue game this year. At least I'm I'm planning on going there. I believe they have a bar in the stadium now, so they sell booze there, and that is that is a redeeming you know, quality of the place. And I'm sure if they sell anything, they would have to sell Boilermakers. Nice. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Just a really quick comment on Oregon State. Actually, in uh, Stewart's write-up, he says, Oregon State, after a brief renaissance under Mike Riley, has returned to its cellar-dweller ways. There you go. Yeah, but that was quick. I, mean, I don't even know if Mike Riley seasons. would have been there had he not come to Nebraska. It sounded like Oregon State was about done with him anyway. It wasn't like his last year there was very stellar. The brief renaissance could have been during Mike's time and over at Mike's time. But I don't even care what Stewart thinks. So. Yeah, it's true. Brief being, I guess. All right, let's move on to Peasants, guys. All right. Yeah, uh, wrap this up. Wrap it up. Wrap this up. Uh, peasants. Peasants. Uh, stop me if you disagree. Arizona is a peasant. Boston College, now a peasant. Duke, a peasant. It, it, it's the best they've ever been. They're still probably a peasant. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana. Iowa State. Iowa State is doing nothing. Uh, Kansas. Uh, can they be something lower than a peasant? Uh, Kentucky. The Stoops. Uh, magic has not happened there yet. Minnesota. Still a they, peasant. They have dropped from... The Kings one at one point in their career to peasants now. I mean that's Yep, that's, that's crazy. Right. Mississippi State, a program that had a number I, one ranking not too long ago. I see no difference between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. And and that doesn't mean raise them. I mean Right, you're you're trying to make Ole Miss should be a peasant. I, I think they're equal. At least Ole Miss did when I at least they claim a title from the early sixties, right? They've got some sort of history. Mississippi State really doesn't have any history. Dak Prescott. Yeah, maybe they have history now. Uh, Oregon State now on here. Purdue now on here. Rutgers. Boomer, what do you think? <laughs> well, we've talked. Is, is there anything lower than peasant? Anyone remember their medieval history? Is there something there something be a... down below that? Uh, Mac, but, we haven't heard you but, in a while. What do you think of Rutgers? Well, we're just happy to have them in the conference. Let's go with that. They, they brought New York yeah. City. The first college football game, I think, was played there. So that's There great. you go. And it was. That deserves peasant status. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Rutgers. Sure. How about Wake Forest? If Rutgers is below anybody, it's Wake Forest. Um, I can't think of a player on Wake Forest ever. (laughs) Yeah. Ever. Who was that quarterback that played against us when we played? I can't believe we actually played in Winston-Salem. Was that 07 or so? Wait a minute! Didn't, was didn't there was a quarterback that we got? Yeah, uh, there was a quarterback. Uh, 
But yeah, we played them the I think week his, before his brother we played, played for Florida. We were two and zero. Yeah, that's right. Going into the USC home game, when everything went to crap. Yes, man. Hey, you guys remember the quarterback who played right before Tebow uh, with Florida? Um, Chris Leak? Yes. CJ Leak. CJ Leak was a Wake Forest quarterback. Boom. Oh, like his Wake brother? Forest. Peasant. Really? Uh, <laughs> nice work. Right. Brian Piccolo from the movie Brian's Song played at Wake Forest. Damn it, Mike. Ah, you didn't have to upstage it. me just like that. Oh, Brian Piccolo. That's <laughs> well, the best I could do. About so. him. <laughs> I had to reach back for CJ Leak. Oh. Thanks, Mike. I, I thought right, how about... since it's a depressing show, I thought I'd bring in Brian's right, song. Let's right. add that to it. Let's so. talk about that. Yep. All right, next on the list, uh, and uh, second to last, the penultimate uh, on the list here, Washington State, the Cougs. I love the Pirate, but that's probably where they should be. The, yeah. the pride of Pullman. Yep. Yeah, I, they're fine. And to finish this off, uh, the only school in the SEC that does actually care about academics Vanderbilt. <laughs> they don't even have an athletic director, don't they? Isn't it like no, now, they do not. It's like a, an associate dean of athletics or something like that is what they they call it. That is correct. I I think they deserve to be a peasant, and you know Vanderbilt actually has an athletic department that's not an athletic department. Does all right. They won a national championship in baseball a few years ago. So and they beat Tennessee in football. So I'm glad we didn't play them exactly. And they ran for 400 yards on Tennessee. And we ran for 60-something. <laughs> but they promised to. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's the list, guys. We made it through in a quicker and more efficient fashion, even though we still uh, hashed out quite a few, few names there. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll wrap this show up. Uh, Skip, our producer, got something for us? Yeah, so a little fun fact, I'm a big Colorado Rockies fan, and I was reading a very nerdy piece on their leadoff hitter, Charlie Blackman. Love uh, Charlie Blackman. Yeah, uh, Chuck Tweets Nasty. from Charlie's beard, absolutely. Um, he is smashing all sorts of records for runs batted in from the leadoff position, uh, and he's on pace to smash the current record. Since the statistical company Fangraph started keeping statistics on in 1974, on uh, stats by batting order, only one man has driven in a hundred or more RBIs in a season from the leadoff position, and that is former two-sport athlete and current Huskers baseball coach Darren Erdstadt. That is not surprising. That would have been fun trivia, but I think we probably would have all got it right. Otherwise, why the hell am I talking about that here? I I would have not got that. I would have said Pete Rose. (laughs) But I love baseball, so. (laughs) Erstad was a hit machine for the Angels, man. The guy hit, like, he got, like, 240 hits in a year or some insane thing. I mean, it was, he was amazing. Uh, Great, great, great stuff there, though. And uh, Charlie Blackman has the best walk-up music in baseball. Walks up to um, the outfield um, with... uh, the uh, you know uh, Josie's on a holiday. You uh, use your love. Yeah. Yep. It, yeah. Oh. It is, and then it is perfect. And the crowd, the the crowd, crowd, he's crowd. done that for three years now. I mean, the crowd sings. Consider along. me a fan. I'm he, in. They, they sing along with it, so it's just it's amazing. They they shut off the music, and everybody like keeps on singing the song. I mean, it's that. I'd popular. like to see you not sing along to that one. Absolutely. That's one uh, I never skip. <laughs> skip. Nah. skip. All right, uh, let's uh, let's do our parting shots. Uh, 
Honky, what do you got? Uh, I mentioned this uh, in one of our first shows when we were talking about recruiting, but uh, Tyler Shue, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, quarterback that uh, Nebraska is from Arizona, and uh, not trying to pick on this kid or anything. This is more about the the rivals and the recruiting uh, systems that are out there, the recruiting services. But he's now a four-star, as I predicted um, a couple shows back, because once Alabama got their hands on him, he went from a, a 5.5 to a 5.8, three-star to four-star, and kind of the traditional route of what it takes to be successful in recruiting, which is get the, the right offer from the right team. So not, you know, I guess it's just a parting shot, but nothing n- nothing groundbreaking there. Hey, good good schools go and offer you, and all of a sudden you get an extra star. So it is what it is. Hockey on Twitter, you can ask our, our fans, what is a star? And we'll see what they respond with. What is a star? What does what a, star a star mean? What does a star mean? Uh, deep Thoughts by Matt Honky. Yep. Uh, Boomer, what do you got? Well, it's been kind of a dark show today, I, I think. Just the summer has just been kind of depressing for all of us with the the end of this, the Husker sports season. I just want to reach out to everybody, all the Husker fandom out there, and say all's not lost. If you look back in history, um, first season for Nebraska's all-time greatest football coach, Ewald Jumbo Steam, he only won five games the first season he was here, so there is hope. We have that going for us, so the future can be bright. All right, in Steam we believe. Mac, what do you got? Um, Just want to kind of point out or. Uh, alert some redcasters out there that the Calabrasca movement has gone even bigger now. Um, Kanye West is now petitioning um, Calabasas to take his Yeezy brand to the next level and changing their colors and changing their mascot to the wolves. So it's pretty clear to me with all this that Kanye West is a is a Husker fan. So that's nice. You know, maybe a photo op for Riley. Maybe get a Kim in here. Definitely you know, we do like a, a you know, a Dwayne Wade, a Gabrielle Union, Kardashian, Yeezy photo op. Something like that, you know. That'd bring the recruits in. Chance the rapper. Yeah. We're pretty big time right now, folks. <laughs> you imagine Just, uh, Kanye like- and Kim in a uh, box suite uh or a, a big game this year. That's a great idea. I think Larry the cable guy is gonna try to get Norris to wear sleeveless, you know camouflage shirt so i don't know if that you know yeah and, the and, same thing, but. and give them heartburn medicine <laughs> <laughs> Get her done. you're gonna need right. it when you're watching those games though <laughs> skip what do you, you got anything for us yeah i believe this is a great place to use the uh the old saying there's always next year <laughs> for all of these athletic programs that's right all right, that's all. I don't have anything nearly as funny. I just was just going to bring up the fact that there actually is good baseball to still watch uh, this year in college. Super regional start this year and – or this week. And um, two interesting notes. Davidson, a four-seed, upset uh, North Carolina and is playing Texas A&M. So it is possible to not be a one-seed in advance in that tournament. Um, so just a nice uh, bulletin point there for Erstad's crew. And then also uh, my one of my favorite nicknames in all of sports is hosting uh, this uh, weekend. Cal State Fullerton is going to Long Beach State, which calls themselves the Dirtbags. Uh, classic baseball nickname if there ever was one. So um, 
you know, uh, we're wrapping this one up. We're going to take a few weeks off at least. Um, it is the down season for Husker sports. It's the uh, end of the year. Uh, but we are going to be reading our preseason magazines, prepping for a full slate of shows. And when we're back, we're going to be back better than ever. Uh, anything else, guys, you want to say before uh, we're off the air for a few weeks? Hey, stay apolog- cool, never change. <laughs> I apologize for this. <laughs> That's right. I apologize for this entire show. But keep no, it sexy, continue. Redcasters. And you stay classy, Nebraska. <laughs> All right, that's it. See you guys. Have a good one. Okay.